Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Straight Talk. In this episode, we're here at our Istanbul office with Cameron Digging. Cameron, welcome. Hello. How's welcome. it going? Very well. How are you? I'm good. You know, today we'll be talking about um, uh, amazing things that are happening in Turkey, uh, despite all the uh, negativity in and around the world. Um, I have just checked the tourism numbers. Um, this year, hopefully, we'll be closing at 47 million tourists. Okay. Coming to Turkey. Uh, when we look at the list of the, you know, the past numbers of tourism, um, in 2019, we see that it peaks around 51 million. I think that's the highest ever. Correct. Turkey, is Correct. It? Yes. I think you you started recording the numbers from 2003. Am I right? Right. That's correct. And what was it in 2003? In 2003, it was 16 million. So from 16 million tourists in 2003, in 2019, sort of 15, 16 years on, uh, it, it goes up to what? 57 million. Yes. 51 million, 51, 51 million. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a considerable increase. Very, very big yeah. increase, yeah. Th then we experienced a dip in 2020 because of COVID, and 2021 was a year that it rebounded. In 2022, we're hitting 47 million tourists. That's the expectation. So far, we've already crossed, uh, up until June, we've already crossed over 20 million. Okay. Yeah. So So we have the full summer period right. ahead of us because um, um, I think by June it was about 22 million which means yes. that you know it's the beginning of summer which there's going to be a peak. Yeah. So it wouldn't actually surprise me if we hit 50 million by the end of that's, this year. That's that's possible. Yeah. And um, when we look at what what's interesting here in this data is that this year we're expecting the highest number uh, the, the highest tourism revenue, 37 billion US dollars uh, directly from tourism, which was, uh, I mean, even if we close the year with the lowest number than 2019, uh, which was 34.5 billion dollars, we're still experiencing a good revenue increase in that. What do you think about it when you look at these numbers? Well, I mean, certainly the numbers uh, indicate growth, um, the popularity of Turkey as a tourism destination is on the increase. Even in 2016, which is, um, I had a very quick look at the figures that you pulled out. Even in 2016, where we had a, a, an interesting episode in, in right. our last 20 years chapter in Turkey, we had a, a coup attempt in 2016 which was most unsuccessful one obviously yeah. but it, th th this is big news it's kind of bit of a scandal to say the least of right course. you know you yeah. don't expect to have coup attempts in the developed world um, even then um, there is obviously a a dip in tourism numbers that particular year because the attempt happened in July sort of the, the peak period of tourism but despite that, if you look at the numbers, the very next year in 2017, they jump back up. People will come to Turkey because it's a desirable destination. It's a desirable country. Um, and obviously the, figure, the figures are very much in support of that. Yeah. I mean, when I look at the data, one thing uh, that is interesting in this data, although the number is quite <coughs> high, I mean, this year we're expecting close with 47 million tourists. But when you look at the revenue, it's 37 billion dollars. So that's um, 
you know, that's that's a relatively low number. We're not really talking about. I mean, uh, Turkey is yes, it's uh, it's an affordable country, and affordability is also one of the you know driving forces uh, for these numbers. But still, thirty-seven billion uh, for uh, revenue extracted out of forty-seven million tourists is a little low, isn't it? It is. It is, and certainly, it's a challenge for Turkey as a whole um, to work on that to kind of elevate the image of Turkey um, as a, as a, for destination tourism. So mm -hmm. what I mean by that is, yes, it's a place in the sun. Uh, yes, it has, if I'm not mistaken, the longest Mediterranean coastline, mm -hmm. one of the longest, uh, beautiful climate. Um, it has it all for people to flock themselves to Turkey as tourists. Um, you know, and, and it's not just um, the um, bucket and spade sort of brigade, if you like, the, the, the sun seekers, but it's also we have cultural tourism, we have medical tourism, we have all forms of tourism. Yet, if you look at the revenue spent per head, mm -hmm. which is what you're talking about, the, the numbers of tourists, as opposed to the tourism revenue, so the revenue, average revenue spent per head, um, one would have hoped that it was higher. Mm -hmm. In other words, one would have hoped that we had elevated the image of Turkey and uh, as, a, as a premium destination, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to an affordable destination. As it is, um, Turkey is an affordable tourism destination, just right. like its real estate sector, yeah. you know, relatively speaking. It's an affordable real estate sector. Now, that's a good thing, certainly being affordable, is a good thing because that means that more and more people can afford it. But um, I think it also um, represents or presents, let's say, um, people um, uh, with opportunities. Yeah. Because I think there is um, a lot of room for improvement in Turkey in terms mm -hmm. of tourism. Um, to, to go up that, uh, I don't know what the right expression would be, would it be the value chain? Probably not, but, uh, you know, to go up and become um, more of a premium destination. Yeah. In fact, we have already started seeing that happening in certain patches of the country, such as in Bodrum. Certainly there are um, resorts and, 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 and there, there is a form and shape of tourism in Bodrum that is, in fact, as premium as it gets. Right. I think the idea is to take that and kind of expand it a little bit to other parts of the country. So, yes, this is a big enough country to be able to give you affordable tourism, but as well as a destination tourism, like right. a premium tourism. And I would very much like to see that. And I, and I can see in the last five, six years, maybe in the last 10 years even, that that is happening. Yes. Prime examples of that, Yalakavak Marina, mm -hmm. certainly a premium marina. Um, places like the Paradise Bay area in Bodrum, where you have the Mandarin Oriental. Bulgaris now putting their name there too. Four Seasons um, opening up a beautiful high-end resort. So these things are happening, but they're still there's still a lot of room for improvement. They're happening, but only in isolated places. Um, so, you know, I think as, as, as the image of Turkey 
um, improves and as it is being seen more and more as a destination tourism area, I think we're going to be seeing that average revenue, tourism revenue per head going up, Yeah, which is all music music to our ears really of course it is yeah i mean that's uh th th this is one of the ambitions of uh, the government so they, they they basically want to push up the tourism revenue as well as the number but yeah. but more so exactly on the it side. isn't just yeah. a number yeah i mean we're not we're not you know as they say um you know quality as opposed to quantity we want the numbers for sure because we're a big enough country we can sustain the numbers but we, we, we actually want the quality as well. So we don't necessarily want to go down the path as you know, a fully all-inclusive, eat as much as you can, drink as much as you can type tourism. Mm -hmm. We have enough space and enough of a coastline to sustain that. And yes, in a, in a, in a balanced tourism model, we need that. But we also need the higher-end tourism as well, whether it be skiing, winter tourism and we have the resorts for that too and they are being developed or whether whether it be boating and yachting mm -hmm. um, which certainly Turkey has some of the finest bays and coves along the Mediterranean and Aegean for that right so we want to see those revenues going up also so a balanced type of tourism definitely and and works you know in order to get there works are in place. They I mean, are. We have, for example, recently we have the the opening of Galata Port in Istanbul. It's a, what a phenomenal port! It's it's massive. Do you know it's what? It's, it's not just the size of it. It's the design of it. It's yeah. the it's the ambiance of it. As you as you walk by the port, and then you've got the cafes and restaurants and and the boutiques, the shops mm -hmm. all around. It really is a very very tastefully done um, project. Of the Galata Port project, which already started bringing in quite a bit of funds, tourism funds, but it also started bringing in sort of developments around that area, mm -hmm. the Galata Port area. In fact, um, only last week I was driving in that area, Galata Port area. We had dinner there with a friend, and you know we were walking in between the two bridges that connect that area, sort of Halic, the Golden Horn, that connect the two sides of the Golden Horn. Because Galataport is, if you like, in Caracas, sort of here. And then as you walk walk down from Galataport, you come to Galata Bridge. Mm -hmm. And then and then about half a kilometer or maybe a kilometer away um, is Atatürk Bridge. Yeah. These two bridges over, over the Golden Horn. You know what I noticed? I noticed that despite the fact that you have a world-class marina port, as Galata Port in Caraco, only a short walk away in between those two bridges, the area still needs a lot of regeneration and a lot of renovation. It's like the entire area in between those two bridges, beautiful bridges, beautiful area. Um, Bosphorus one side, Golden Hall the other side. Um, it needs a lot of regeneration still. It's yeah. all very dilapidated. It's all very run down, which, you know, as, as I was walking by, I was looking around and I was thinking opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. There's right. so many opportunities because the Galata port has come all the way. So it's only a short hop away I'm talking about. 
very dilapidated. So it's a matter of time um, before you know people money starts pouring into that area. Where it's a matter of time before we start seeing people uh, buying up those blocks, old blocks, knocking them down or re renovating them and um, regenerating the area. You know that certainly is an opportunity waiting, a, a, almost a gold mine waiting to be dug out there. 100%. And you know what? There are many other places. So with all these interesting developments coming, um, you know, in, in the vicinity, people need to be looking out for things to do in the right. vicinity. Um, Galataport, in, in, in total, the expected number of visitors is 32 million a year. Seven million of them are tourists coming through, coming from the cruise ships there. So cru cruise ship tourism was something that we had before, but prior to um, you know Galataport, it wasn't really up there for Istanbul. Not for yeah. Istanbul. It was more Kushadasi, right? Antalya, Izmir, a little maybe. bit Bodrum, yeah. Izmir. Sort of. It was yeah. the south coast. Yeah. But Istanbul is now becoming a destination for you know cruise ships. Uh, you're talking about seven million tourists annually. Add that on to the uh, you know, already high numbers that are reaching at 50 million. This country's population is, is only 80 million. So, I mean, that's, that's a quite significant number. In places, yeah. as, as, as you just described, Yalakavak Marina and yeah. all the amenities there and Bodrum in general and Galataport and et cetera, are definitely attempts to you know, increase the um, income, not income, but revenue per head Yes. Uh, that is spent uh, by tourists. I mean, uh, coming from that, let's let's just now talk about real estate, right? Um, from a um, real estate investor's perspective, knowing this information, what would you do, or what would be your advice to our clients? I mean, Alatin, looking at it purely from sort of tourism viewpoint, and and you know how the the trends in international tourism are changing. Certainly, there's, there's, there's a massive change in international tourism. Um, in the old days, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, um, you know, if you book the holiday in Turkey, in Italy, in, in the US, sort of as an overseas tourist, you would most certainly go to either a resort or a, or a hotel. So you would definitely want the backup and and the and the sustainability of resort type places mm -hmm. so you go with masses you book in with a group of people in other words you're in the hands of the industry hotels um, nowadays that is changing obviously thanks to the online revolution um, people do not necessarily require the backup and the support or being in the hands of tourism industry anymore. They can literally go their own way. You know, have you heard of an expression, a gap year? A gap year. A gap year. A gap year is where you kind of, you finish high school, you're at the age of 17, 18, and then you're about to get onto university. Right. And then you take a year off. Yeah. And, you know, you're young, so you don't, have, you don't have much money in your pocket. So you do it with a rucksack, you, you, backpackers mentality. You go traveling around the world with a backpack and you stay wherever you stay. Okay, now take that concept because it's an amazing concept for young people. It's educational, you explore the world. Now, in a very strange way, modern tourism in a premium segment is taking that shape. 
They're not necessarily taking you know a backpack and traveling the world as students, but what they're doing is they're they're, they're not necessarily falling into the hands of the industry. Hmm. They are booking their Airbnb. They're booking this lovely, authentic-looking apartment in Barcelona, in Rome, in in Paris, or in LA, in Istanbul now. And I'm talking urban tourism right now. And instead of going to a five-star hotel or a four-star hotel, which, let's face it, wherever you are, they're pretty much the same. Not only the same name, but the same service, the same kind of style. But people want to taste and fully um, liberate themselves from the hands of the industry. That's the real premium now. And Mm -hmm. that's the real experience that more and more and more people safely are doing so nowadays, even if it's a country they had never been before. Because again, thanks to online revolution, everything is there and transparent. You can read the testimonials, you can see 1,001 pictures, you know what you're getting pretty much. Right. So what I'm trying to say is, there is a move away from the industry. What is the industry? The hotels, the chains, to more boutique and to more authentic, that little apartment in a corner with the, with the lovely pavement next to it, with a little cafe underneath it, that you can feel the streets, feel the country, the city that you're visiting. Mm. So why am I saying all that? Well, Istanbul is certainly becoming more popular. Have you seen the size of those cruise ships that stay at, that, 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 that dock at Galata Port? It's like a city. Ten stories high, some of them. Yeah. I think, I think they, they, they can easily accommodate five, 6,000 people, yeah. if not more. In Never some cases, more than that. But I think so. So what I'm trying to say is there, there are more and more tourists coming to Istanbul. And most of them have got amazingly positive experiences. Well, wouldn't you? Because those cruise ships... They, they sailed through the Bosphorus all the way down to Karako. Right. So whatever they see around them as they're sailing through the Bosphorus is beauty after beauty after beauty because they're not seeing the ghettos of Istanbul. They're seeing the Bosphorus, the finest, the finest parts of Istanbul. And you know what? It is breathtaking when you sail through the Bosphorus. Yeah. In my opinion, it's one of the most beautiful cities to sail through. In fact, it's the only city where you can sail through via sea. In between continents. In between continents. Not just in between a country, in between two continents. Tying the two continents. So what I'm saying is, imagine that experience. And then you've come to Istanbul. You fell in love with it. And most people who are doing those cruise ships to Istanbul, they've got nothing but positive experiences to talk about Istanbul. Okay. And then what do you do next? Next year, you come as a tourist. You want to explore the city. You're not, you're not really going to go to a hotel. You're going to book an Airbnb. Right. You're going to book a short-term rental. What I'm trying to say is that segment of the market, short-term rental segment, particularly in city centers, do not go outside city centers. In city centers, the more authentic, the more touristic parts of the city centers are, are going to go up. Mm-hmm. The demand for them. So that's certainly one thing, one segment people should be looking out for. Yeah. So um, short-term rental segment. So if you're coming in as an investor, looking for strong capital growth, but at the same time you'd like to generate stable and good rental income, 
and you don't mind the short-term lettings because let's face it short-term lettings are a lot more demanding than letting your property out on a yearly contract of course. then you know what look out for those types of properties in Besiktas, in Shishli, in Beolu, you know, those types of central areas within very easy access to incoming tourism um, that you can rent out on Airbnb or, I use the word Airbnb because it's something everyone sure, understands yeah, what it means, yeah. but really and truly what we mean by Airbnb is short-term lettings. Right. Anything from three days to a week to two weeks, maybe to yeah. a month, but yeah. short-term lettings. One, um, the premiums that you can charge on short-term lettings are certainly at least three, four times what you could charge sort of um, the average monthly that you would get on a, an annual letting. So um, if you manage it well, it's very lucrative if you of manage course, it very well. Course. So the, these types of properties in certain areas, um, in the city centers, um, ideal for it. Definitely. I mean, real estate is all about is all about value and if you can um certainly the market especially the istanbul property market is enjoying an upward trajectory the prices are going up you yeah. know all together but what, what we try to do in this show is, is to tell people how do you rise above that we tell people you know what going to under construction going to urban regeneration zones going to areas that have not yet been yes. hyped up and, and and one of the ways how to is beat, just, beat the market basically. of course yeah. And, and, and what, what you are just mentioning is called injecting value, which means that if you, if, if you let's say, buy a property that is centrally located, that is, um, let's say, a Airbnb-able property, all you have to do is basically give it a bit of an interior decoration, an interior design. Well, obviously, some, you know, you know yeah. furnitures and yeah. everything, and, and start entertaining the short terms. So you, you would have a history of, you know, okay, for this month, I, I generated this much money. For this month, I generated that much money. Ultimately, you are increasing uh, your property's worth with the, with the value yeah. that you're injecting into uh, that property. With some of our clients, we have done that. Do you remember this uh, beautiful boutique project in um, Jihangir called Jihangir Panorama yes, yes. by Keten? You remember yes, that? Yeah. So some of our clients have purchased uh, little apartments there with Bosphorus views and everything. We we went in there and they said we wanted to do. Uh, they said they wanted to do short-term lettings there. So uh, we got in touch with our rental management department and Designer Turkey upstairs. Designer Turkey went in there, did a beautiful design. Yeah. We have the pictures that uh, we can show. And the uh, rental management now is dealing with the uh, lettings of the Well, of the I properties. think we, we, we did the same thing in with a, for a few clients in Beolu as well. Right. With a few apartments in Beolu. And now uh, we're, doing, we're doing up a few apartments in Besiktas, which are ideal for short-term lettings. So that certainly is a segment of the market that if, if, if managed well, dressed well, packaged well, mm -hmm. would do extremely well in terms of rental income. 100%. So one to look out for, yeah. Well, Cameron, thank you very much. Is that it? Uh, for the expertise, yes. For this episode, we have three more episodes. Well, sorry, two more episodes now. Yeah. Okay. But, 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 I, think, but I think, you know, I mean, we, we have delivered the message, don't you think? And what we're saying is there's a changing pattern and a changing requirement of the international tourists they no longer want to be in the hands of um no name well actually branded but almost no name hotel industry so they want to go their own way 
um, you know, renting short-term lettings and really and truly experiencing the cities that they're in. Um, so what we're saying is um, it's a good idea to go after certain types of properties from a real estate investor viewpoint to invest in those properties to meet the ever-increasing international tourism demand, particularly um, in in the urban areas in, in, in a city like Istanbul. Beautiful. So that's what we said. But is that the only message we wanted to give here? Pretty much. I, I, I wanted to talk a bit more about, you know, the, the, the new Turkish economic model and how Turkey is using affordability as a, a, as a drawing factor uh, to pull in a lot of tourists and boost up the exports and everything. And this is the new economic model now. And as Erdogan says, that there's going to be no compromise on it. So for the foreseeable future, this is Turkey. Turkey is going to play on its affordability. Uh, therefore, more and more people will be uh, familiarized with what kind of a you know, country it is and the, the cities okay. we have, the history, the culture, uh, and everything. So um, as it is happening, as this is the official policy of the government, we're just telling people, guys, look at where the country is going. And if you're planning on um, you know, buying real estate and investing in the Turkish real estate, here is another segment that could be profitable. Okay, very well. This is Property Turkey. What else do you Fantastic. expect us to say? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you very much, guys, uh, for watching uh, and hope to see you in the next episode.